start with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Start Me with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop bottles. Okay, we poppin' champagne pop like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship brain. Cause I ball hard. Don't be ball hard. I am the bird man. This is one night stand. What up, night fans? It's Monday, November 5th. UCF just rolled off a hot 52-40 to 40 win against Temple at home on Thursday night. And I'm here with... Money Moo. What's up, guys? Temple going down 52-40 to 40 against UCF. It was a bit of a roller coaster ride there for a while. To say the least. I, yeah, I, I couldn't make it. <laughs> I couldn't make it to the game, but I was definitely screaming at my TV a lot. But you know what? They got to win these close games. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, that shows. You know, we were down ten at one point. We're pushing through adversity. This is the second game where we really had a chance to lose it. At, I mean, I didn't think we we're actually going to lose it, but we had to come back, just like Memphis. And uh, you know, I said this on our very first podcast that you know, how are we going to respond to adversity? And so far, I think we're two for two. They're kind of getting, you know, kicked in the chin a little bit. So let's dive into this. We've got a lot of stuff to kind of unravel here from the game. Where do you want to start? I want to start with the defense. So okay, let's just, six, let's just bite the bullet. <laughs> 670 yards given up. Definitely Ben don't break, like I said in the podcast before. I mean, before. we kind of broke in the first half. I think they were at 250 yards of offense in the first quarter. So on base yeah. for a thousand. I mean, they had what was the halftime score? Look, they were up thirty-four twenty-eight. Yep, thirty-four twenty-eight. Okay. Uh, lost my minus three first half bet, but came back nicely right. in the second half. We got it back plus some. Yeah, I mean Temple, they really surprised me, and I think that you know going into the game, I knew that they made a quarterback change from Frank Newtile or Newbile, I think Something, his name was. Yeah. That's who the quarterback was when they lost to Villanova. Uh, you know, an FCS school earlier in the year. Well, now they switched to this freshman, Anthony Russo, and he was – I mean, we made him look like he was a Heisman candidate or something. I, I mean, mean – This guy's going to be a problem for us. He's – being a freshman. He is literally going to be my Twitter handle, UCF problem, um, for these next three years. He's good. He's big. He's mobile. And he can throw the ball well. He's going to keep getting better. So we survived him, made it through. But, yeah, going back to the defense, I mean, a bunch of stuff kind of seemed to go wrong in the first half. And one thing a lot of people noted was Pat Jasinski getting stuck in coverage. Uh, Squints, you know, Anthony Lenahan, our favorite guest, noted this in his most recent article, that he was getting stuck covering wide receivers. And if you watch the game, I watched it over, you know, you'll notice that, I mean, he's close to him. He's trying, but he's, first of all, he's got a, I think he's still got a bad ankle. He rolled his ankle pretty bad against Memphis, I think. But, I mean, he's just a mismatch overall. And I don't know what we did at halftime. He seems to think we actually didn't do that much. We just didn't happen to give up points in the second half. But, I mean, whatever we did, we stopped it because we only gave up six second-half points, even though it felt like more because we we kept giving up a lot of, a lot of yards. Yeah, so it really wasn't uh, Pat Jasinski's fault. It was more of a positioning Yeah, I mean, co thing. coaching thing. And I, I'm the first one to defend Randy Shannon. I mean, like I said – he had some great defenses with the Gators, but that's almost inexcusable. Again, we don't know. We're not in the coach's booth or whatever, anything like that. But just from the outside looking in to the average person, it just didn't look good seeing him 
stacked up against those receivers. You know, it does seem to me, though, that as many yards as we give up, and we have been giving up some points, especially in the first half, you know, when we really need to, when we really need to stop, is like the defense always shows up. Yep. And they have, they've yet to disappoint, though, when you really when we re- we've you know, really pushed it, it against hard, Memphis. It might give you a heart attack, but any time that they've, like, really needed to stop, I think they've got it done. Also, I think we got bailed out a little bit with the penalties. Temple, 14 penalties for 149 yards. Yeah. Um, that, that really helped us. And some of them I think were a little questionable, but some of them were, were pretty good penalties. There was a pass interference that was legit that got called. I think that was the first one. Then there was one on this little back shoulder throw that I thought was great defense. I don't know what the Temple guy could have did different, but uh, it was close. And, you know, those are kind of bang-bang calls, and we ha- we happened to get in our favor. But going back to the defense, you know, like you said, when, when we really needed to stop, I remember – it was like Tristan Hill, you know, had a big one on that third down there and did the little dance after. But like you said, man, they really stepped up when we needed them and, you know, didn't let them score really for the second half. But you look at the other side of it, besides the penalties, almost everything went right for Temple. Brandon Moore, who's been a shutdown corner all year, he bit on a double move. Yeah. It happens, you know, and it went for a 70-yard touchdown. Yeah. Then the fake field goal, oh, which I have no even. idea <sighs> – how we bit on that well I mean we didn't bite on it we defended it like a field goal and Russo just took that thing right up the middle and it wasn't like it was wide open or easy or anything like that he went through some guys to get in the end zone and still barely made it over the goal line Uh, I don't think he had to get there to to get the first down but either way I mean it was a good play and again going back to Squint's last podcast he called it he said they're definitely going to run a fake they didn't waste any time and actually uh, I was talking to him after the game. He's surprised they didn't run something else, and quite frankly, I kind of am too. I mean, why not? Let's talk about – we haven't even talked about the offense. 52 points in 22 minutes of possession. They held the ball for almost a 2-to-1 ratio of time, yet we still scored 52 points on them. I think we can put points and lots of points on anyone. The offense is clicking. The one big thing that stood out to me was the running back usage. Greg McRae is like, I think he said in the press conference, he's like a video game, like 10 yards per carry. It felt like every time he had the ball, it was a first down. Yeah, Greg McRae, he really appears to me like he should be the new lead back. And I love Killens, don't get me wrong. But I I just think that we're not using him correctly in just running him up the middle. Taj McGowan and McRae are bigger backs. They're not like significantly bigger but they are stronger, and if they can average, you know, even two more yards on runs up the middle, if we keep Killens on screen passes. Yeah, he had or, three catches on screen passes, and if you remember, he wasn't, like, wide open. He had to, like, shift left and right, like, really hard a couple different times to create space and to get those big yards after the catch on those plays. You know, they, those weren't easy, but McCray, when he runs it up the middle and kind of there's nowhere to go, he seems to be able to shift and kind of – move laterally, and then has that forward speed to hit the open hole and then, you know, gain some big yards. Yeah, especially on that 30-something, on his 30-something yard touchdown uh, where he stood up and he was kind of stumbling down the field. That was incredible. I, I love that play. So maybe Heupel, you know, is starting to realize that McCray and McGowan as more of like the workhorse back and using Killens as like a change, change of, of pace. pace back. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, Led to 52 points, and we had over 300 rushing yards. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, he kind of had his little coming out in the Memphis game and then seemed to kind of take over, like you said, that lead back role last game. We'll have to see what the usage is like next game. I mean, it could just be different game plans every game, but it seems like we definitely kind of used everyone to the best of their abilities. And also, we had a couple injuries. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis looked like he hurt his shoulder on that one play in the end zone. So I think they moved kind of Otis to receiver more and also used a lot of Marlon Williams, who Marlon actually had a great catch too. And then Otis ended up getting knocked out. It looked like he had a concussion or something like that. I mean, we're so stacked on offense that it's just like next man up, and we just seem to fill in these, you know, the, the person who steps up fills in the next guy's shoes. Like, you know, it's almost seamless. We're so talented on that side of the ball. As far as McKenzie's play goes, I think he had a great game. This was – you know, his first game in almost two weeks because of missing the East Carolina game and then the bye week. So I think he was a little bit rusty. I know he missed a couple of wide open throws yeah. uh, to Trey Nixon that would have been touchdowns. He just overthrew him. It seems like he's done that multiple times throughout the season. It feels like he's just one step away from getting on the same page. And then they're going to be lights out because I think there's maybe like four or five different times I can remember. He's just missing them by like a step or two, Trey Nixon. Yeah, so, I mean, we can get that cleaned up. But I think overall he was just a little bit rusty, trying to get back into the game speed. And, you know, next week coming up against Navy, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. You know, I say it every week. Still haven't played our best game on either side of the ball. So, not, I don't mean that in a bad way. A couple other things. Thursday night crowd was awesome. Amazing. For being a in-conference game, we almost beat our Thursday night attendance record. The most we've ever had was BYU in 2014. That was 41,500. The second was Rutgers in 2013, 41,200. And this game was 41,100. So so pretty close. Pretty close. But I mean, but- BYU and Rutgers, they have huge fo- – I mean, BYU is not a huge school, but – they have a huge following. They do. And yeah. so does the, Rutgers. The, I Temple remember. does not. Dude, I was firing off the Mormon jokes all week about the BYU <laughs> game. That was a fun time. But, yeah, Rutgers, even though they don't have a good of a program, I mean, they're P5 now. So, I mean, it's not like this was like USF or, or Memphis or something like that on a Thursday night. It was Temple. They're not, they're not that, you know, much of a marquee opponent. And we pretty much had the stadium filled up. So right. it was awesome. Man. And it was this electric was so in there. hard to make it to this game. First off, Thursday. Second off, you know, everybody works. Yeah. Typically nine to five. It's not like it was the Friday night FAU game where you can just like start your weekend a little early. Right. You know, and you have two home games in a row coming up. So I feel a lot of people looked at this game and They're, said, you know, we'll just go to Navy and Cincy. I didn't plan on going to this game until it turned out to be a good opponent when temple started off 0-2 i'm like i'm just gonna skip that one might as well just save it for navy turns out that it's actually kind of the opposite navy stinks so kudos to the fans and a huge thank you to the students i mean every game these students are filling up both sides it's it's, like crazy it's awesome i love it yeah i'll tell you what though man (laughs) driving home at three in the morning was not fun but Got to do what yeah, you got to do. I don't know do. why you did that, but well, anyway. I mean, I had to. I do work sometimes. I, I, I'll respect you. You yeah. actually went to the game, so it was so worth it too. It was it. It was so loud in there. Did you see that thing I posted about the lady complaining? She lives oh, like behind yeah, this. Oh, my windows are rattling. It's What's like, that? look, <laughs> but the game ended at 11 p.m. First of all, it's not like it was in the middle of the night. And second of all, 
You live next to a freaking college. Like maybe the stadium wasn't there when you moved in, but so what? Your property value probably doubled. If you don't like it, sell. Move somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I think it said she lived in Carillon. Isn't that like back that, by, um, what, what's the name of that road? Tanner? Uh, Tanner? I, like back, I back think so. by like, Mac- it's over know. back behind the stadium there. Get but, off my lawn. Yeah. But seriously, like you, you live that close to the biggest university in the nation. And, and what? There's seven home games. And, like, three of them are at night. Deal with it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about our AP rankings. So, we moved do we from... we have to? Unfortunately, we do. We'll, we'll just touch on it real quick. We moved from number nine to number 11. And I, I know you were, I was pretty upset when I first saw this. But Very. there's a 300-point gap between us and number 11 and number 12, Kentucky, behind us. That's the same number of votes between us and... And number five, Georgia, 300. And we're within, I think, like 24 votes and number eight. So, like, we're all stacked up there, eight, nine, 10, 11. It just kind of stinks that we got passed by these people. And this is just the AP poll. Now that the college football playoff rankings are out, no one goes by the AP poll. It really doesn't matter. It's just nice. It's cool being a top 10 team. So, we'll see. The college football playoff rankings show this week, I believe, is Tuesday at 9 o'clock. I think it's only a 30-minute show, so we don't have to w- sit there and waste our time, you know, yeah. for an hour just to see where we're at. Yeah, but- so I want to I wanna get do a little prediction for our playoff ranking, but before we do that, let's discuss everything that happened. A ton of ranked teams lost again, which is kind of why everyone expected us to move up in the AP, but... Where Nine we- ranked teams, in fact. This is coming after a week where 11 ranked teams lost. So, basically, there's a huge amount of parity in college football right now. Everyone's beating everybody. It's awesome. You know, there's still only four undefeated teams. Us, Notre Dame, Clemson, Bama. A lot of people are going to end up having two losses yeah. in the top 25. So, let's see who lost. Uh, number three, LSU got wax just embarrassed at home by Alabama couldn't score a freaking point I mean that was just embarrassing obviously number nine Kentucky got steamrolled by Georgia number 11 Florida again destroyed by, by Missouri by Missouri all right so let's talk about those three games LSU was ranked number three over undefeated Notre Dame because LSU they had the one quality loss dope to number 11, Florida at the time. And then their quality wins over Georgia and a couple other teams. Kentucky's ranked high because their only loss was LSU. Florida was ranked high because they beat LSU. Their only loss was Kentucky. Turns out all three of them aren't as good as we thought. Right. And that's why they were ranked high because they all beat each other. And it was like, oh, we have quality losses, but they're all not that good. Well, like I said last week, at the end of the day or at the end of the year, they, all the SEC is yeah. is they just beat each other up. Mama Moo said it. And they're like all six and six. And they're yeah. just not not the elite conference that everybody thinks they are. I mean, they're good and they have been good and they have dominated. And, you know, they had Georgia and Alabama in the national championship last year. But that doesn't mean they're good every year. You know, it just differs. There was years when the ACC was really good. Now the ACC stinks. So let's get back to the rankings, though. I'm starting to see a clear path to us legit being in the conversation on the last college football playoff ranking, deciding who's in the final four. Here's what I'm seeing. Let's hear it. (laughs) So you've got Alabama and Clemson, one, two, obviously. They're probably both going to run the table. Although maybe something could happen to Clemson, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. 
That leaves four other possible teams with one loss. And the whole point of this is I think if it comes down to a two-loss team in us, we'll be in the conversation, and I think they might pick us. But hear me out. They might. So we've got Michigan and Ohio State both have one loss. They play each other. One of them will beat each other. And then the same thing with Oklahoma, West Virginia. So if one of them loses, now they still have their conference championship game. But what I'm getting at here is these teams are all probably going to lose. I mean, there's a really good chance. Besides those four, you have Notre Dame, who we agree is going to lose one of these next couple games, and Washington State, who stinks, and they almost lost yesterday to Cal, who's terrible. There's still three weeks plus conference championships. If there's a four spot with just a two-loss team in UCF, that is going to be a really, really heated debate. And Absolutely. And like well, I said, here, here's the highest-ranked two-loss team right now is LSU. Could you imagine if like the fourth spot was between undefeated UCF and a two-loss LSU? Would they really want? I don't think they no. would want that for the ratings. When you have two losses, it's not like, oh, we just lost a game. It's like you lost twice. You have no business being in the playoff with two losses. That's why they left out Ohio State last year. Because, look, you put a two-loss team in, chances are one of those losses are to a playoff team. So what's the point? Yeah. You put LSU in, you know what's going to happen if they play Bama. Well, here's the other thing is that Oklahoma and West Virginia have to play the last week of the season. They then, also are going to have to play in the conference championship. So what would be great is if they, they split, split those two games, then both have two losses. Cross them off. And Georgia is going to get another loss when they play Bama in the SEC championship. Cross so them off. Washington State's going to lose. I really think that we don't even need – like Notre Dame could run the table. That's fine. Or least, even lose once. That's. I think f- if they lose once, they're out. But even if even if they do lose once, give them the three spot. We've ruled out Georgia. We've ruled out Washington State. We're thinking Oklahoma-West Virginia split. And Michigan and Ohio State could do that. Although I could see Michigan running the table too. But there's still four weeks of football. I mean, it is really, really, really possible that it comes down to us in a two-loss team. And I, I really think they're not going to be able to say no. It's what everyone's going to want. If you love us, you want us in. If you hate us, you want us in. So you can think we're going to get our ass beat. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, I think this is the only way that we get in if it's like a one loss notre dame nope. versus us nope they're gonna put notre dame it has to be a two loss mm-hmm. power five team yep. or us and so i kind of i don't mind notre dame like running, running the table, the table. Yeah, That's i agree fine. i agree we, we should we it's basically we're get, we're gonna need the fourth spot or nothing yeah and, and when i say nothing i mean probably the peach bowl against georgia and which is amazing that we're even in this convers having this conversation right I now know. and it's like i know do or die but you know what this is what it is it's I, our show we can talk about whatever the hell we want we could talk about this for hours just i'll leave it at this it's just weird there's like this tunnel and it always seemed like we were just wandering around some cave blind and now there's this little light at the end it's starting to get a little bit bigger right every week i'm telling you these next few weeks are going to be so much fun and again we say it all the time just enjoy it because one hiccup and we're in the fucking birmingham bowl yep that's it (laughs) we can't lose a single game so just enjoy it uh this is so much fun that we even get to have this conversation we've come so far Now we have the Power 6 update sponsored by SeatGeek. Visit SeatGeek.com for any of your ticket needs, especially this USF game that's coming up on Black Friday. 
Use your promo code UCF Problems, all one word, to save twenty dollars on your order. Yeah, that's promo code UCF Problems for twenty dollars off of your order. We'd really appreciate uh, everyone clicking or using the promo code. We've gotten a lot of feedback. We plan on having a lot of UCF fans there. Yep, I know I'll be there. You'll be there. Everyone's gonna It'll be, be there. a great time. Go. So definitely use SeatGeek.com. Promo code UCF problems for $20 off your order. So this week, SMU with a, just a crazy upset over oh, Houston. I almost forgot 40, this didn't happen. 45 31. Kind of sucks for our strength of schedule. So, what is SMU? I mean, we smoked them. What is Houston? This year. What, what is anyone? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what is anyone? Speaking of that, this next game, Tulane. Well, actually, we kind of knew that USF sucked. Yeah, we did. I, I said that a couple weeks yeah, ago. And we knew Tulane was decent. 40, they beat Memphis. 41-15, USF goes down. USF is, oh, they're just, they're horrible. I told you a couple weeks ago they were the worst undefeated team I've ever seen. Now they're, what, 7-2, and two, and they've lost the last two. Yeah, they're just at a, in a downward spiral out of control. It, There's yeah. coaching rumors. Charlie Strong might be going to Maryland. He's out. He's got to be out. Yeah. I mean, how can you want a coach at a school where, like, you're undefeated and you're getting, like, a crowd of 15,000, 20,000 at your home games? Yeah, but whatever. I, I like seeing them burn now. It, it was great. It. it was great, you know, when we were rooting for them to stay undefeated and help our strength of schedule, but let them burn. Yeah, I mean, at this point, once they lose one, they might as well lose them all, yeah, I guess. It doesn't really matter. Also, Navy getting shut out 42 to nothing by Cincinnati so Navy is just bad this year yeah. what happened I don't know man but they, it's not like they lost a bunch of people to the NFL same coach same boring offense yep they and just, they still like, have that, to play good that quarter but they have Zach AB yeah the guy from last year he was good he was I mean actually pretty good I think they so. could have won that game if he didn't get hurt yeah I mean they they've been giving up a lot of points even the last three games they've been giving up over 42 points in every single game so Look for a big offensive explosion, hopefully, from McKenzie and the Knights. Yeah, uh, it'll be fun to watch. Unfortunately, noon game, but whatever. Show up. One other thing I do want to talk about about this game is please be very respectful to the Navy players. They were very, very hospitable to us. Obviously, these are all you know cadets, and they're serving our country. Don't boo them. Be respectful. Treat them well. These are not like other opponents. No trash talking, yelling, any bullshit like that. Uh, really, let's just keep it clean and be very respectful of these guys. So some other key top 25 games not in the Power Six are this week. Number 18, Mississippi State is taking on Alabama. So we'll see if they could score a point. Clemson is going at Boston College. That's where they decided to put game day. This is their first game versus a ranked opponent. Yep. So... And those are the only two top 25 matchups. Everyone else is playing an unranked team or on a bye. So there is a possibility, I feel, you know, of having a few major unranked upsets. Oh, definitely. There, there have been every week. The only thing that's for sure is, like, Clemson and Alabama and UCF are the top three teams in the nation. Absolutely. Besides that, everyone else can just beat each other any week. So I guarantee you we see at least, I'd say... Seven ranked teams go down this week is what I'm going to put it at. Seven? Yeah. Well, okay, two. So you're thinking five un- unranked teams. Five unranked up. upsets. Okay. What would you take the over or under on that? Probably under. Under? But I think at least like two. I mean, there'll be something. Then again, all the teams that were, 
there's a lot of new ranked teams now because yeah, because they the ranked teams last week just, lost. Yes, <laughs> it's just gonna keep shuffling. It's so weird. You're right. You look at the rankings. And it's like Boston College. Who are these teams? Yeah, they weren't Syracuse, ranked. who yeah. I've been hyping up all year in my picks. They're number twelve all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> so now I think about it. Like, doesn't Notre Dame Notre Dame play Syracuse? So maybe ah, there's Syracuse is twelve. Yeah. I thought Kentucky was twelve. Oh, 13, Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Syracuse is thirteen. But still, now Notre Dame, that's a game that... Yeah. But what's annoying is that I don't think Syracuse is that good. They just moved up because they keep you know, winning yeah, because mediocrely. everyone else lost. Everyone else is losing, but now this It would be is, nice if that would happen to us, you know? I know, right? Everyone what? else loses, and we, we don't get to move up. Everyone else is losing. We just don't move up. All right, anyway, we have no interview this week, but we have so much awesome stuff on our show that we don't need to do one. We definitely have a really awesome... Guest coming on probably next week, so stay tuned for that. I'm not going to announce it Mystery yet. Mystery guest. Mystery guest. He's uh. And Sean's been working pretty hard on this. So. I'm trying, man, dude. <laughs> I, I'm surprised I haven't got blocked by some people on Instagram because I'm just like sliding in the DMs of everyone. But and this is not someone that I think I've ever heard be interviewed before. I don't think like so. Lo- this like is like a, a local, like a smaller, you know, other like ESPN uh, or anything. Th- no, I mean this is this is like a, I call this an exclusive. This is a one night stand exclusive. So I so want to hype it up be- too. We much. better deliver. Well, we we <laughs> always deliver. I'm clutch. All right, let's move on. All right, so we got a new segment we're debuting this week. It's called Swag of the Week. We're gonna give you three things to pick from, and you're gonna pick who you think had the most swag. This week we've got Dredrick Snelson for his little dance on the sideline. And I'll retweet all this stuff so you guys can actually see like what you're voting for. We got Marlon Williams freaking out on the ref like crazy after the play where he stepped out of bounds, which I thought was a touchdown. So I definitely see where he was coming from. But I like his passion and compassion in the game there. And then the third one is KZ. I don't know if you saw, he had those cool astronaut socks on. And then the NASA hat at the press conference. So those are your three. KZ, Marlon Williams, Dredrick Snelson. We're going to put a poll up on Twitter, vote, and then we'll announce the winner, I guess, on Twitter. All right, so we'll go back to one of our segments that we've done before is the Fab Five. Now, this week, it's not really sports-related, but I thought it would be fun to talk about these things. This week is going to be the Fab Five of closed UCF restaurants. These are restaurants that were internet either at UCF or in the immediate area that are now closed that I just... I wish I could eat at every one of these restaurants again, but we'll never be able to. It just brings me back, man, looking at this list. It's just some good memories. So, Let's right. get started. In no particular order either, just the top five. First one is El Cerro. El Cerro was this little crappy Mexican restaurant <laughs> in the pla- the old plaza, which was right across the street from the front entrance. If for those of you who don't know, the corner where the McDonald's is, and I think it's actually called the plaza now, Apartments, Used to be this old like rundown shopping center with four awesome bars and just a bunch of old like food places and everything on our list was there besides wackadoos actually yeah. I just realized <laughs> oh no and El Corral so three of them but uh, anyway El Cerro yeah so El Cerro is a crappy little Mexican restaurant but they did have a few really fun things first. Thursday night was a huge going out night because almost nobody had class on Friday. I never took, in all five years, I never took a Friday. Well, actually, I took one, but I never went to it. So I never took a Friday. We usually did a nice, like, pregame dinner there at El Cerro. They they did have really good food. It was good food, yeah. Uh, They had mariachi Thursday, 
Well, they had like the little mariachi band go around. Hey. Always, always a good time when you're drunk. Arriba! And also, who could forget the monster margs? These are monster margaritas served in a pitcher that they would serve just to one person. So you don't order a pitcher of mar- margaritas for the table. Like each individual person would order a pitcher of margarita and, and yep. one or two straws, and that was enough. You know, you finished. You finish your dinner, then you walked over to any of the four bars, and that was your night. The El bars Cerro. were all there in the plaza, so it was the original library, and we had this place called Fubar, which stands for, just Google it, actually. And we had, what, Liquid Cellar was there? Well, Liquid Cellar was before Fubar. Oh, Liquid Cellar is the old Fubar. Yeah. Deco. Oh, Deco. Deco, which turned into Scoop. Uh, and there was that underground blues place, too, where, like, all the uh, kind of older, over 21 people went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, El Cerro was awesome. I'll take the second one here, Wackadoos, which I think is now a Chili's in the student yeah, union. it's sad. Oh, sad, man. Really. Dude, Wackadoos. So I used to have most of my classes in the business building. I remember these stupid three-hour night lectures. It started at like five, and then you'd have a 15-minute break, and you get out at like eight, but you have the 15-minute break to break up the class, and I'd walk over from like, I think it was BA2. They had, it was called the Big Ass Beer. It was like a 32-ounce beer, and I think it was like $4. And I'd chug two of them and then go back to my class all tipsy. And Anyway, it was a good time. It was a fun place to just pregame for anything, really, if you just were starting on campus or leaving campus and just want to have a beer. Uh, it had really awesome curly fries, and now it, it got completely ruined. I walked through the Union for tailgate to use the bathroom, thanks to the suggestion, Moo, and I I didn't recognize any of the food places yeah. from when we went to college. It's just all chains. And, like, that's why I love Wackadoo so much because I'm a big fan of, like, local. Yeah. No, I hate chains. I hate, dude, stick it to I, the man. Honestly, I want to say it was alumni-owned. Like, didn't they own Yeah, it was. Some... And they just got forced out by the stupid Aramark. Now, they, had, they... they had, like, air hockey in there, a bunch of video games. They had a pool table. They just I... had it all. It, it was a nice, it, it was, was a cool fu- place. It was cool. We'd go there to watch football games, whatever. Chili's, though, you know, a lot of people hate on Chili's. I mean, obviously, it sucks spread to wackadoos, but I kind of like Chili's a little bit. All the food kind of has that same flavor, but I don't know. It's not bad. Uh, no. No? Okay. Give me wackadoos right. back. Not a good take there. All right. Take the next one. So the next one is the original Lazy Moon. Now, obviously, you know your favorite Lazy Moon is still there on Alafea. That's the new, you know, hip, clean building i'm talking about the original lazy moon back in the old plaza it was dark about a quarter of the size so hipster very hipster stickers dirty just like a really really cool vibe yeah it's like vinyl booths oh where you like you stick to them when you get up yeah exactly now the old lazy moon was cool and you know i went to the new one and the server had a freaking gator shirt on I never went back. And actually, I have the picture. I tweeted it, and I'll find it. Because I was like, dude, I tagged, Wack- or I tagged Lazy Moon. I was like, dude, what the hell, man? Like, you can't. See, you're right next to UCF. This is unacceptable. unacceptable. Although the, food, the pizza is still amazing. It was just as good back then. To show how old we are, the Boxcar Willie, which is still on the menu, which was a slice and a 16-ounce PBR, yeah. I think was like $3.20 or What's something. What's it now? I think it's like five or six. Oh, man. <laughs> Inflation. Jeez, we're old. Well, yeah. Free, All right. They had, I think they still do this, the Free Dipper Friday. Always went for Free I, Dipper Friday. That's good. Sriracha? No. Jason's mom. Yeah, that was good. Sauce good stuff. Good one. times. All right, next. Oh, oh, man. There's some heavy hitters coming yeah, up here. We're saving the best two for last. El Corral. 
a lot of you guys don't know, but next door, or back door, or whatever it's called at Pub, the side thing, the newer one, used to be this Mexican restaurant. And you go there. Actually, was, before that, it was a Pizza Hut. And when you went inside, it looked. It still looked like a Pizza I mean, Hut. It yeah, it had like all the booths and stuff. Yeah. And anyway, so it's called El Corral. And for four twenty-five, you get a half a chicken and a cup of rice and beans. And it was enough to fill you and up. And a roll. Oh, and Don't a, forget oh, the roll. Dude, the rolls were so good. But it was enough food to fill you up. And like it was just perfect for when you're hungover or when you're broke. Or, dude, I think I there was a time where I ate there like seven days a week. They had these sauces that were so good. And like Amazing. the recipe was top secret. The white sauce. Good stuff. Anyway, RIP, they got shut down for like a bajillion health code violations. But the food still tasted good. And, you know. Yeah, it was great. I mean, four bucks. When you're a college kid, that's like what you want. You want a local yep. down-home place. Yeah. It's got to be dirty. If it's, if it's clean, it's weird. That's why I don't like the new Lazy Moon. It's too clean, too shiny. <laughs> All right, this last one. I want to put this at number one, even though we're not ranking them. But anyway, they're not better than the other. They're just like this one has more history. I'd say it's more it's more personal memories for us. (laughs) Silvermine subs, Silvermine subs. Little did you know, is a tiny sub chain that has one location east of the Mississippi. Had had one location east of the Mississippi. This is mostly a sub chain in the Midwest. Or actually, the Colorado. It's mostly in Colorado. Yeah. I think there's like one in Wyoming and, and something. And for some very strange reason, there was one store in Orlando in the old plaza right across the street from UCF. The subs were great. I think of like the style was Jimmy John's, but they were a million times better than Jimmy John's. But that was like, it was kind of like the smaller sub. Right. But just. But they oh. loaded the toppings. Oh, man. They're so good. Cripple Creek, <laughs> and steam, all, steam engine, engine, electro, tombstone, oh, all, and all the all of the sub names were kind of like the mid uh, mining related, like mining related and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. So you know, funny thing, when I was in Colorado last year, I flew into Denver and had to drive to Colorado Springs, which is like an hour and a half. But the first thing I did when I got the rental car was went straight to a silver mine. I was like so excited. They just opened. It was like 10 in the morning. I go in there. I'm like telling the lady at the register, like, oh my God, like, you know, there was one in Florida and like they closed down. I've been, I'm so excited for this boat. And she's just like looking at me. She's like, are you going to order? <laughs> she did not care at all. And uh, anyway, sat there by myself, had my sub and uh, reminisce on some old times. Another great thing from Silvermine was they came out with a Silvermine challenge and there was a sub there called the Motherload, and... I don't remember it. I think it just had, it was kind of like a Publix Ultimate. Like it just had like all the meats. It had like, it had all the meats, but double. And what you had to do is you dressed it up however you wanted. Then he weighed it. And then if you ate it, you got your, you know, you got a t-shirt, your picture on the wall with the weight. And I think they started like, if you didn't put many toppings, it started like two pounds. I think the heaviest one was close to four. I think it was over four. Yeah, it was big. So anyway, I actually took the challenge. Did the challenge. Completed the challenge. Completed the challenge. Two pound, ten ounce sub. That's good. It was it was hard. That's all right. Yeah. But the the only way that I did it was there was no time limit. Yeah. Just sat there. But (laughs) that was the. I think it took me like an hour. But that was like the hardest. I didn't eat all day, and then after I didn't eat for like the whole (laughs) next day, too. It's a lot of food. So I'll tell the shameful story of when I tried it. I loaded mine up. I mean, I just heaped on all these veggies and stuff. So I like ate all the veggies separate first and then went into the sub. 
And I probably had like one little bite left and then like a bunch of lettuce. And I was stuffed. I had no plans to stop at all. And all of a sudden, it just all comes up all over the plate. And I mean, there was nothing I could do. It's not like I felt sick or anything. It was just like I was too full and it just came out. And you know what? I went down swinging. I didn't Challenge quit. lost. I mean, hey, that's how you know you can't eat anymore. Literally, right. my body was just telling me, nope. So <laughs> You tried to put the last bite in, and the bite before was still in there. <laughs> bite before was like, nope. And all the other bites were like right behind it. So good times. But I mean, I remember stumbling over there drunk so many times from library. And actually, this one time, last story about Silvermine, so many. It was a St. Patrick's Day block party. And I had a bartend that night. And it was like mid-afternoon. I'm like, dude, I need to get some food and then like go home, sober up, get the scoop. And they had this scratch-off contest at the time. So I go over, scratch the thing off. It's free subs for a year. Unreal. I'm like, dude, this is just like the craziest thing. So ever since then, I mean, I was... I was free subs for a year. Like how many did you get? It was only one per week, but... So 52 free subs that you won off the scratch-off. But they also had this thing when you went there, you put your phone number in. And then, like, every 10 times you get a free one. But then, because I was there for free anyway, I, I just got a lot of free subs from there. It was pretty cool. So, yeah, RIP. If, so, if you're ever in Colorado or anything and you want to check out Silvermine subs, go to Silvermine. It's definitely worth it. Think of us as you put that sub in your mouth. Be like, imagine Money Moon, Johnny B, UCF Probs. Just think about us, you know, because we're, we're thinking about them a lot of the time. We really miss that place. So, anyway, that was the Fab Five. I hope you guys like some of the memories of those old UCF restaurants. So rest in peace to El Cerro, Wackadoos, the original Lazy Moon, El Corral, and Silvermine. RIP in peace. Thank you for your service. All right. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moon. (laughs) Picks of the week. Longer every week. This week, we were one win and two losses, so not as great as last week, but that puts me at an overall record of 20 wins, 13 losses, still at a very, very respectable 60.6%. Our one win was, of course, with UCF, minus 10.5, just barely, though, as a late field goal by Matthew Wright. Well, not just a late field goal, but Temple going for it on 4th and 20 from... From their thirty, that was pretty dumb. From their own thirty-one, come to find out that their kicker, it would have been a forty-eight-yard field goal, and his range was only like forty yards. But they went for it on fourth and twenty, even after we called the two timeouts, like really let them think about it, and then got the ball back and got that field goal to kind of back to recover there. But hey, a win's a win. Uh, I mean, at halftime, did you think we were going to cover? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I bet a lot of money on us to win the game at halftime, but that's because we were down. Yeah. Covering was just icing on the cake so anyway that was our one win our one our two losses were lost with lsu so now we know that bama is the real deal and lsu's not and then we lost northwestern now some of you might have pushed on this because it was i gave it out at plus nine and a half but it did go to plus ten you and got it lost at by 10. ten you got it at 10, i right? got it at ten but i can't i, I got I it at nine and a half <laughs> i counted as a loss because i gave it to you the official line was nine and a half for plus nine and a half they the did record. put up a pretty good fight though man and i mean watched the game. Uh, it was like back and forth and then you know once they got down by the two scores it was almost too much to come back even though they started to come back but then notre dame scored again and moral of the story notre dame's not that good and they will go down sometime and i still like the pick so it happens. Anyway, we got three again this week for you. First one, SMU 
minus 17 and a half versus UConn. Since losing to us, you know, SMU has been actually been playing a lot better. They went to overtime against Cincinnati. They beat Tulane and Houston. The quarterback Ben Hicks had a really good game last week. 318 yards, four touchdowns. So they're a sne- they're a sneaky team now. Definitely not when we played them because we spanked them by 28 points. But um, UConn, on the other hand, they're still one of the worst teams in the nation. Uh, not really much else to say about them. But I see the final score being somewhere around you know 42-17. I would take SMU. Yeah, I agree. I mean, UConn seemed to lose to any decent team by a minimum of 30 points. So I like the value on SMU's side, especially after how they looked last week. So the second pick we're going to take, this is another head scratcher. I don't know why I'm doing this, but East Carolina plus 14 and a half against Tulane. Now, East Carolina, they lost to North Carolina A&T and some other really bad teams, and they're two and six, but they changed a quarterback. Their new quarterback is Holton Allers, and he's surprisingly good. He threw for a lot of yards against us. He just put up 41 points against Memphis in a losing effort. And I know everyone's high on Tulane right now because they beat Memphis and they beat USF, but 14.5 points is just too many points. And I think Tulane wins the game, but the score is maybe like 30-21. to So definitely take East Carolina in the points. I love this bet. When we were discussing this before, I thought it was East Carolina minus 14.5. Dude, they're, they're even in my book. So 14.5 points for them? I, th- I feel like they're the same team. East Carolina might even be a little bit better. I Tulane's not that – I mean, they have some good wins, but they're not that good. They're not two touchdowns good. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, everyone's high on them because they beat USF, but I've been telling you for weeks that USF's a fraud. Yeah, they really are, and I think that just made Tulane look a little better and, in turn, giving them all these extra points. So I like this bet a lot. So the last pick, and this, I think, is going to be our second favorite team to root for, uh, obviously, other than UCF for the rest of the year, is Pittsburgh, minus four against Virginia Tech. Now, since they got spanked by UCF by 31, I think they finally woke up, and they're a very respectable team. They beat number 12, Syracuse. They beat number 25, Virginia, on the road last week, and they have a nice conference win against Duke. What's their only conference loss? I don't know. Who is it? North Carolina. Oh. They're North Car- somehow they're I thought Nor- that was like a trick question. No. Yeah, you're right. They're somehow North Carolina. One and seven or whatever. North Carolina. They're yeah. North Carolina's only win. I remember if it that wasn't now. for that, Pitt would probably be ranked right now. Yeah. North Carolina has one win on the year. I don't know what I don't know what happened there. I don't know. But after they got spanked by us, I don't know. They finally woke up. So anyway, if they win this game. Which this is crazy to say, but if they win this game, they pretty much seal the deal in their in their division for the conference, and they're going to end up playing Clemson in the ACC championship. And any honestly, anything could happen. Do I think they're going to win? No. But once you get to these championship games, you know you it's know. good exposure because you know when they're going over our resume, they're going to see Pitt, and people are going to be like Pitt ACC championship. Like people aren't that smart, you know. They right. associate things. Pitt could get lost in the shuffle. They would have got lost in the shuffle on our schedule, but now all of a sudden, people are going to be talking about Pitt, and they're going to be like, whoa, wait, Pitt? Isn't that the team that got smoked by UCF? Yeah, it is. Uh, We need to be huge Pittsburgh fans for the last few weeks of the season here. Yep. It's basically all we have to hang our hats on when it comes to strength of schedule now. And Virginia Tech, 4-4, and haven't really beat anyone. They lost to Old Dominion. 
Uh, they're a wreck. And the game is in Pittsburgh, and I feel like all the players have a lot more confidence now after beating Virginia or yeah. ranked Virginia on yep. the road. And they can just taste getting into that ACC championship game. So take Pittsburgh minus four. They had a bunch of bad losses. They got smoked by, what was it, uh, Penn State. And then they lose a close one in North Carolina. They get smoked by us. I mean, at that point, you probably almost are, like, giving up on the season, you know, mentally. Right. As a team, it's tough to, to, to regroup into conference play. They have that now. So they've got, like, the second taste of life. And I feel like they're just going to they're gonna easily win this game. I they hope got so. their eyes on the prize here. I hope so. We need it because it's really all we got. Although, with Memphis winning now, that's another winning team on our strength of schedule. And then beating Temple, obviously, another team over 500. Starting to shape up a little bit yep. better for us. We're seeing that light at the yep. end of the tunnel. We're, it's getting a little bit bigger. So, like again, pe- the picks for this week. SMU minus 17.5 against UConn. East Carolina plus 14.5 versus Tulane. And Pittsburgh minus 4 against Virginia Tech. Let's get that money. Yeah, so real quick, uh, NFL locks of the week. We're recording on Sunday, so there's not lines for the next games yet. But I will update you that I lost this week. So that puts me at 7, 6, and 1. I'm going to take a bye week on my picks. So take see you next breather. week. Yeah, take, take a little breather. Take a step back, you know. Can't lose if you don't bet. But also, you can't win if you don't bet. No, but seriously, I, the lines aren't out, so I can't make a pick. So uh, we'll take a bye. All right, let's move on to some questions. Our first question comes from Michelle Engel. Other than the student section, where's the rowdiest, most loud fan section at Spectrum? Hmm, that's a tough question. I mean, I don't really know because I don't really leave my section besides when I like start running up and down if we do like something crazy like the Mike Hughes touchdown. I did like a lap through the student section last time. I mean, I think they're all pretty rowdy. I don't know. I, I know the, the people in the cabana get kind of extra rowdy because of the alcohol. You know, I know when it's third down and I turn around, I'm in the front row of my section. And if I turn around and people are sitting down, I'm up and down. I go up to like row 10, waving my hands up and down. Let's get loud. Turn down. Let's go. And, uh, <laughs> but I can't speak for any other section. Yeah, it's tough. And honestly, it's crazy because of my vacations and stuff. But I haven't been to a game since South Carolina State. So <laughs> I'll def- I mean, I am going next four weeks in a row, though. I'll be there. So it, it's hard. But anyway, my, my section, I feel like, is pretty loud, but I'm, like, in my own zone. I'd say the loudest section is the one you're sitting in. That's right. All right, this one's from Golden Knight 2. Given the slate of opponents we have left, who's our biggest threat to challenge our undefeated run? Cincy, USF, or Houston? Well, and Navy this week, but yeah. it's not Navy. <laughs> I really think it's Cincinnati. USF is a joke, although... It is a rivalry game, and we've seen time and time again anything that no matter, anyth- no matter what, anything can happen in a rivalry game. Houston, it, they might not even make it the way they played this, w- this week. It might be SMU, or it could be Tulane. So not really sure that that can work itself out, but definitely Cincinnati. You know, their only loss is to Temple, and we saw that Temple is a, a, good team. is a very respectable team. So... Depending on when that, I really hope since this week it's a noon game, the Cincinnati maybe is like a 7 o'clock game. I think it will be. I get mean, us extra rowdy, prepared, and as long as everybody shows up, plays their game, I think we'll be fine. But yeah. it will be our biggest test, I think. Yeah, I'm going to have to say Houston on this one, honestly. Um, 
look at last year, what we did to Memphis in the regular season, and look in the conference championship game. I mean, I just think Houston, you know, we've seen them when they're good, and they can be really good, and they're going to bring everything. But if it comes down to that, we're going to be we're gonna have home field advantage in the bounce house, so I don't see us losing. But you know what? Either of the games could be. We just got to take it one game at a time. This next question comes from thebomb.net. Is AK still our best running back? I mean, you know what? He's our fastest. It, it just depends on what you're asking him to do. He's probably the best catching the ball with screen passes, I'd say. The best in open field, yeah. I think, for I mean, sure. But it looks like right now, like our lead running back, like we said before, is McCray. I mean, it's hard not to. When you're averaging over 10 yards a carry, it's not a knock on anyone else behind you. You're just, I mean, that good. So you got to feed the hot hand. Yeah, I mean, I, I even said that in preseason that we needed to get Greg McRae the ball more, and you saw what happened when we did. Yeah. 188 yards. Big plays, man, big plays. These questions are from Ryan Mullins, R. Mole, 35. What adjustments do you see Randy Shannon making formation-wise for Navy next week? That's kind of a tough question because I don't really know – I don't dive into it as much as like Anthony does, but I know what he's doing something. Like obviously we're not playing well in the first half and we are playing in the sec- well in the second half. So. Yeah, but I mean Navy runs a triple option offense. They throw the ball like three times a game. So I don't think the adjustments Navy's like it's kind of like an outlier. It's not really whatever we do defensively is not going to be for the rest of the year. We're going to have to play something way different for them right. because of what they run. Um, but maybe going into Cincinnati, I mean, I don't know. we got to figure out a way to stop when they have three receiver sets and get someone better, I think, than Jasinski in coverage. Or maybe his ankle will be better and he'll be, you know, better. I, I don't know. Uh, that's, it's tough. But hopefully, I mean, you know what? You talk about adjustments. Halftime adjustments seem to be working good because we don't give up any points on the second half. So, you know, Randy Shannon is a very, very good defensive coordinator. He was very good in Miami. I mean, obviously he had a ton of ton of NFL talent, but he used it correctly. He was really good with the Gators too, and I think he's gonna get it figured out. You gotta remember, we're playing with players that were recruited for a three-four defense. And you might not think that's that big of a deal, but Shaquem Griffin wouldn't was a as a completely better player as an outside pass rusher. That the four linebackers, the two outside. They're kind of more pass rusher, hybrid type guys. That's what, uh, you know, Bam Bam, uh, Didrin Sweat is. And he's one of the guys that's kind of had a tough time transitioning into the new scheme. Titus Davis was a strong side outside linebacker. Now, because of his big frame, he's a bigger dude, he puts his hand down and he's a perfect defensive end. Other guys haven't been able to make that transition. So, you know, he's doing the best with what he's got. And I think we're going to keep getting better every week and we'll get it figured out. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a triple option. I mean, it's just like stop the run and don't get burned on one of the three passes they play. So this game is just going to be a little different. Navy, I mean, they couldn't put up a single point against Cincinnati. I'm not really worried this week. It'll be the weeks coming forward. Oh, and second part of his question, do you see Trey Nixon having another two TD game based on how he's playing lately? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the beginning of the year, Trey was I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be, like, by far the lead number one. And then he has kind of maybe dropped off a little bit. But I think like we talked about before, he's just, like, a little bit out of sync with McKenzie. And once they click, I really think he's due for another big game. Yeah, I saw McKenzie overthrow 
Nixon twice that would have been easy touchdowns for this game. So just you by know, inches, it happens. by inches too. It happens, but the main thing was he was he's getting open. Yeah, and it'll start to click. They're gonna get. They're going to get a big one here soon. Oh, I, I when it like. does, it's going to be good, man. You're going to think back and be like, yep, they called it on the podcast. So I'll take credit for that future touchdown of McKenzie. Just saying. All right, let's wrap this up. Don't forget, SeatGeek, promo code UCF Problems. One word, you get $20 off your order. It's the best deal around. You can't beat that. Even if you buy a single ticket, I actually helped someone use the app and they had a $44 ticket for the USF game, which was really cheap. They're not that much anymore. Got $20 off. Got it for pretty much half price. Promo code UCF Problems. Use that. Uh, so thank you for supporting our podcast. Also, be sure if you have a couple minutes right now, leave a little review on iTunes if you don't mind. That helps us boost up in the ratings. Uh, it's really important for us. So we'd really appreciate it if you did that. And it makes me feel good. It makes us feel good, it builds, too. It builds my confidence that some people are actually listening to this and it's not just us talking to each other <laughs> so we really appreciate that uh that's all we got go to the navy game remember don't boo the players or anything thank them for their service should be a good game and we'll talk to you guys next week go knights charge on My name is Wild.